Welcome to the Sketchy Sketch Sketch Show podcast, where anyone can submit a sketch. We have our friends read it, and then we talk about it. It's like open mic night for sketch comedy. Here to facilitate all these funny people, I'm Harrison. And I'm Amy. In this week's episode, first we talk to Tom Waits and Jimmy Fallon, followed by an efficient and productive work meeting, then a little slice of South Philly, and finally, a helpful director. Welcome to week four Sketchy Sketch Sketch Show, y'all. Yeah, we got some repeat offenders. It's getting exciting. Four weeks. I feel like the Sketches <laughs> show is trying to leave a toothbrush in my house or something. I don't know. I mean, if you're cool with that, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, not like a nice no. toothbrush. Yeah. It's not brand new. It lives with you. All right. uh, we're going to start off with Jake Compton's sketch called Tom Waits okay, and Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy yeah, Fallon yeah. will be played by... Jerry Stevens II. And Tom Waits will be played by Jake Compton. Interior TV studio. We open with a title card of The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon, The Roots playing backing music. Then that disappears and we see the TV studio, desk, city background, and guest chairs. <laughs> well, welcome back to The Tonight Show. Oh, we're so glad to have legendary Tom Waits with us tonight. Uh, yeah, it's wonderful to be here. Um, Tom, <laughs> we're going to play a game called Chubby Bunny. Well, uh, we're both going to put uh, marshmallows in our mouth and say uh, uh, Chubby Bunny. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go first. Oh, oh, <laughs> he extends his arm with marshmallow bag to Tom. Get that shit out of my face, Jimmy. Chubby Bunny sounds like something you'd pay a whore extra for. And I never pay extra. Uh, uh, so, 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 sorry. <laughs> um, uh, uh, well, uh, you, uh, you have a new album out now. Uh, it's called Modern Tom Waits. And uh, um, you're, you're going to sing it for us, right? Uh, this first song is called, uh, what? It's called Wi-Fi and Wine, Jimmy. Here's a few bars for it. And the Wi-Fi is weak. And the wine is all so weak. Suzanne has broke my heart. Tissues in my Amazon cart. Tom, that was uh, that was good. Like, uh, seemed a little different than your usual stuff. Yeah, well, uh, my label says I can't sing about tape writers anymore. I, I, I had to get with the times, you know, Jimmy, for the, for the kids. <laughs> okay, great. But before we get to the next song. Uh, we're going to play a game by Hasbro. Uh, it's called Pie Face. <laughs> and uh, we're just going to put some Ready Whip on uh, this hand. And you push the button. And whoever goes slower, uh, whoever goes uh, slower gets a, a face full of Ready Whip. Jimmy, I'm not putting my face in that. And if you want your face covered in cream, I know a church janitor would be happy to do that for you. <laughs> Tom, I uh, uh, just thought... Uh, we could, you know, get silly for a second. You're always silly, Jimmy. Makes me wonder what happened to you as a child that you never matured into a man. Why don't you just uh, sing for your viewers out there? I cried myself, and I took another drag. Then a whore named Lucille sends me a geotag. 
punch it, talk, I scroll the 4-H. Well, there's nothing that I like, so I pedal on over on my rider-assisted bike. Lucille, oh, Lucille, I'm riding down. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. That was, that was really something. Oh. I'm not sure that people need uh, you sing about those topics. Hey, man, the album is cut. It's, it's coming out. It's happening. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, we have a little bit of time left. Um, I have these inflatable sumo wrestler suits. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to sumo wrestle in a ball pit uh, while covered in baby oil. <laughs> Tom Waits pulls out a small handgun and places it on the desk. Jimmy, I will put this 1940 Colt 38 up to your temple and paint the walls in your brains before I play some infantile game with you. <laughs> what is wrong with you, boy man? Letterman never would have even thought to ask a person something like that. Now just sit there quietly while I sing a song. I traded in your wedding band. For this iPhone 11 Pro Max that's in my hand I knew when I saw your emerald eyes That I'd swipe right, I was paralyzed I check my screen Tom Waits, everybody. <laughs> Buy his album up next. Uh, I'm going to play strip. Up next, I'm going to play Strip Scrabble with Ben Affleck. <laughs> Yeah, anything you want to say about the writing process or the game? Uh, I don't know how it... Uh, I just thought, you know, Tom Waits just like... He kind of just always is always singing about things from like the 30s to the 50s. You know what I mean? And I thought how silly it would sound if he was singing those... Mm -hmm you know, songs, uh, like about modern technology. So that's where I started. And, uh, actually I had a text thread with Tyler and Jerry and Jenny. We were kicking around song ideas, uh, just lyric ideas, snippets here and there for like a, a couple weeks. Uh, so eventually I put it to paper and I don't know. I, I when, when riffing on it with Tyler Yenna, um, I liked him like talking to Jimmy Fallon um, and then I just had a, you know, th that just gives me an opportunity to dunk on Jimmy Fallon because he's such a goofball. So I think there's kind of multiple games there where he's going back and forth between the, the song game and then the just, you know, Jimmy Fallon's wanting to play with him and him refusing. Yeah, I, I definitely think there's like two separate things. I mean, Jimmy's playing his own game, which I think is appropriate because that's what Jimmy Fallon's doing on a show anyway, uh, which is clearly your point. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I would love to see like Jimmy play his game even harder as we go. You know, like I think Jimmy could be like, "Oh, check it out, everybody! I pissed my pants out of fear. There's a gun to my head." Like, um, or even if like that's somehow like a game he's playing. Like, oh yeah, Tom. Like, uh, let's see how long I can you can hold this gun to my head or like whatever. Like, if he forces Tom Waits into like playing some sort of game there, I love this. I mean, just mostly because it makes fun of Jimmy Fallon so much. <laughs> <laughs> and accurately. It's delightful. Yeah. yeah. I'll say this. Uh, <laughs> I'll say, I'm not sure that, maybe, maybe not everyone's going to feel this way, but does Jimmy Fallon deserve all this? 
uh, abuse? <laughs> Deserve all this abuse? <laughs> it seems like it's teetering on abuse. Yeah, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's mean spirited. I think it's right. just accurately depicting like he can't not laugh. He's always that's, been laughing yeah, that's since very the nineties. So yeah. I think it's like kind of touches on that, but I don't see it as like mean. I'm not sure it's meant to be a realistic depiction yeah. of <laughs> what Jimmy Fallon deserves. <laughs> no, these are quotes. Oh yeah. It's yeah. it's a great contrast. Oh, for I mean, sure. those two guys contrast each other so beautifully they do and i love the songs i love the the song lyrics mm. for... <laughs> yeah, i could even see it maybe escalating to a part where he's talking about he's just singing a song and it gets to a lyric about like jimmy's blood dripping off the wall or something like that or... yeah i mean it's kind of similar to what you already said but maybe something different that's not as similar I like that a lot because Jimmy could also just be like, oh, I love that. Your sense of humor, man. Like, yeah. You could like join in for something. That would be if, fun if you tried to do something. Yeah, like, oh, I, I got in. a bar for you. Let me get like you a, a bridge there, buddy. Like a harmonica or like a, a guitar. Or yeah, I guess yeah. now that we're talking about it, I think Jimmy Fallon's laughing, even when he was in SNL, is kind of uh, probably psychologically like he never wants to feel like he's left out of the joke. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Uh, but... With Tom Waits, there's no like getting in that joke with him. You just gotta let him do his thing. I think you know what I mean. So that's why it plays well. What really sold it to me is that you got both Tom Waits voices. You got the speaking voice and the singing voice, <laughs> yeah. which are they have unique you. characteristics. Yeah. So uh, that really that really fleshed it out. Uh, but I I'm just echoing it, what everyone else is saying. Really, I I I agree with Harrison that I did want Jimmy to acknowledge the gun in some way. Uh, if not like doing a Jimmy bit or at least like saying something about being afraid of the gun, but, uh, yeah, that's good. I'm that, so scared. Yeah. <laughs> other than that, it flows really well. It, it really felt like a, a segment <laughs> on Fallon. I almost, I'm almost want you to acknowledge like the band a little bit. Like, are they playing along or is he singing acapella? Yeah, that's a good point. Jerry, you did a great Jimmy Fallon. Well. You're, full of, you're full of crap. <laughs> I, don't, I can't do Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Lisa, you do a good Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> you do a really good I'm me. Gonna keep that in mind. <laughs> I love the button too. The strip strip scrabble with Ben Affleck. Like mm, yeah. that's a that was a great button. Yeah. Great way to end it. And I feel like Ben Affleck would just do anything he Jimmy Fallon that. asked him to, yep. just for the time for on on the Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, I'm in. I'm on to the tonight. I don't know many words, but I like to strip. I'll do it. Thanks for letting me come and do my... Yeah. Yeah, thanks for submitting it. It was fun. Welcome back anytime. Thanks. You can call me anytime. You know that. Day or night. Day or night. All right. Our second sketch tonight is called Work Meeting, and it is a collaboration uh, by Jenny and Jerry. Playing Charles is Tyler Chick. Jenny will be played by Lisa Weitzman. Jerry will be played by Jerry Stevens II. Jordan will be played by Keith Estrella. Darren will be played by Liz Curtis. Interior, living room, day. Participants are drinking coffee and chatting. There is a whiteboard with some figures and graphs. Maybe a poster with synergy on it or something. Camera also zooms in on a selection of pornographic magazines organized neatly on a nearby table. Charles, the boss, walks to the podium. 
chatter dissipates as participants settle down and find a seat. Okay, everybody, let's get this meeting started, shall we? Jenny, do you have a copy of the agenda? Yes, right here. Great, thank you. Looks like the first item here is uh, approving the minutes from last month. Can we get a motion to approve the minutes from June's meeting? Approved. Seconded. Great. On to new business. So, last month, Jordan raised the point that he is often the person in charge of cleaning up after every orgy and suggested that we have a better system in place. Jerry, you volunteered to figure out a procedure. Any progress? Uh, yes. Um, I created a spreadsheet that hangs next to the communal bed. Um, each responsibility has our names next to it along with dates. So, like, it's not always the same person who has to clean up the cum. Um, it seems to be working, right? Uh, it's working out great. Um, I, got, I got so tired of always being the one to wipe off vibrators and electrodes. The only thing, though, Darren, you were in charge of sterilizing the paddles, and from what I recall, you really only ran them under the bathroom faucet. Uh, I think we should be using the Clorox wipes that we got approval to purchase monthly. Yes, you're right. Sorry. That night was a particularly rough night for me, and I could barely walk. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I remember. Everyone laughs. <laughs> Great. So Jenny will go ahead and add to this month's minutes that the spreadsheet is useful and will be part of our procedures moving forward. Got it. Next item on the agenda is the issue of inviting new people into our orgy. Some participants shake their heads no, while others nod. Yes, I know this is a controversial topic, but we need to address it. We have several applicants that are waiting to hear back from us. I feel like we could really use the help. For example, I'm the only one who does anal. Yeah, but sometimes more people is inefficient. Um, Jenny does fine anal. Uh, do we need more anal? Uh, yes. I think we should have a vote. All in favor of more anal. Jordan, Darren, Jenny, and Charles all raise their hands. <laughs> all right. Uh, Jenny can normally get two at a time anyway, but I know when I'm out, I've been outnumbered. I'd like to raise an issue that isn't on the agenda. Everyone looks at Darren like she is crazy. Close up on Jerry, rolls his eyes, and shakes his head. We don't normally allow that, but you are a valued member of this orgy, so go ahead. Thank you. My issue is that I don't think there is enough guy-on-guy -guy action. I've f***ed Jenny's more times than I can count, and vice versa. But, like, for instance, I've never seen Charles and Jerry or Jordan Charles. At least in the past couple of months, anyway. I, I'm willing to do that, uh, but I think we need more training. Darren and I can hold a training program in and, uh... Great, let's get that in the books. Close up, Jenny scribbles in her notes. On it. Okay, last item on the agenda. I'm going to read some of the comments from the suggestion box. A, a reminder that these are anonymous. Jenny hands the suggestion box to Charles. We should get darker curtains because the neighbor boy peeks in every now and then, and sometimes we don't notice until we've been going at it for hours. Great idea. Let's get on it. Jenny nods and scribbles. Next. I always orgasm last. Okay, well, for this one, we need to know who it is or else we won't be able to fix the problem. Jerry raises his hand. Everyone, let's make that sure that Jerry orgasms first today. Close up on Jordan, rolling his eyes. He takes forever. I get shy. I think that's enough suggestion box items today. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm horny as hell. So let's table the rest of these for August and get to the ritualistic robe drop. Everyone stands. Dedicated, Dedicated to, to pleasure. pleasure. Dedicated to efficiency. 
Juxtaposition of these two attitudes. Nice mapping. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Jenny, Jerry, you all want to talk about the writing process? Well, this is a couple years ago, and our intention with it was to film it, um, and then we just kind of never got around to it. But we had actors that we knew, people that we knew in mind for the roles when we wrote it, because that's just it's so much easier to write when you're picturing somebody and their mannerisms and way of speaking. That's true. No, that's basically what I was going to say, too. It's, uh, you know, writing for who we had. Um, and uh, we were going to... We were going to actually spend the money on finding matching robes and all stuff. and uh, But it all just kind of fell through. And I was like, I don't know. This is going to be a, this is going to be like over $100 for finding all these robes and stuff. But I, I really wanted all of the robes to be matching for that. <laughs> But that's just more of an aesthetic thing. That's not really much to do with the the sketch itself. But yeah, just mapping a work meeting yeah. with an orgy. So. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, and plus, you had to you have to buy those porno mags. Yeah, uh, Because yeah. I had this idea of a really cool <laughs> shot where it's just a bunch of uh, ankles, and then you just see the all of the robes drop over the ankles. So mm-hmm. it's like implying Excellent. that everybody's yeah. naked. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is like a super fun sketch. It's like a great mapping scene. Um, I like had a few thoughts on it. I would love to see Jerry like have percentages a lot. Like if he's like, oh yeah, well I've been cleaning up the cum like sixty five percent of the time, and uh, and then the the last suggestion I have, which is just silly for the blow, uh, would be like the neighbor boys in the window and his eyes are wide and he's like so efficient. <laughs> 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 I sort of on that note uh, one thing that like in terms of making it like a meeting is if there was maybe even some more jargon like their like work orgy jargon like some abbreviation that they use and uh, just to kind of that's the only thing that I thought because I love like the ritualistic robe drop like having like they would have names for things so <laughs> yeah. A Venn diagram might be interesting. I'm not sure what you would put in the Venn diagram, but I'm sure there's something. PowerPoint. Venn diagrams are Power- very Lots sexy. Lots of something. Yes. Yeah, PowerPoint presentation. I also was thinking, yeah. too, like, um, you know, businesses in their meeting will reference other businesses and how they're operating, and especially if they're doing something more efficient. So referencing other orgies. Like, yeah. in this quarter, I noticed. Yeah. Whatever, Yeah. yeah. I started feeling a little curious about like what the rest of the organization looks like. Like, do they have an administrative assistant? <laughs> like, that's like, could someone come in and be like, "You have a call from uh, this lube company," or I don't know. Yeah, like, like lubes are like, us. Oh, tell them I'll call yeah. them back from K- I said no KY. No calls Thursday. Yeah. Three to five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This would be more of just like a visual gag to maybe set up stuff, but like instead of like an employee of the month, it could be like the orgasm of the month. Just yeah. somebody's a picture face. on the wall. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just, just <laughs> someone in this like crazy O face, like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the picture is like on the wall, but it has a slight aura around it, like as if it was like like an out of body experience that the camera was actually able to capture. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your soul leave your body. We all did. Yeah. Uh, it was the orgasm of the month, of course. <laughs> we don't take that 
that lightly around here. That's an esteemed award. Just a reminder to everyone, uh, we're going for quality, not quantity. Jordan, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I'd like to come. <laughs> the, do we need more anal? Yes. Is like you learn everything you need to know about that character immediately. <laughs> Oh, that was the like that was the moment the spot where I thought a percentage would be funny. Uh, was Jenny can do double anal like, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a capacity right there, like sixty five percent capacity. I was like, yeah. I don't know, it might be too gross. We've already crossed that line. <laughs> yeah, really. I'm the only one who does anal. Cool, great job. Awesome. Our third sketch this evening is Carla and Anthony by Lisa Weitzman. Carla will be played by Christy. And Anthony will be played by Jerry Stevens II. Carla is a 40-something nice-looking woman sitting on the stoop of her house in South Philly. It is late afternoon. She's enjoying a cigarette, can of beer, and the sunshine. A 40-something nice-looking man walks down the sidewalk across the street. Carla is surprised to see him and calls to him. Anthony! Carla! Carla moves over and indicates for him to sit. He does. She puts out her cigarette. You're working these days. Yeah. Second shift. Down at the shop. It's after 4 o'clock now. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm on temporary layoff. Uh, two weeks tops. Ah, uh, able to collect unemployment? Nah, it don't work that way. Too bad. How about you? Still at the bakery? Nah, got a bad back. Ah, uh, jeez. Sorry. On disability? Yep. Want one? Give him a beer. Hell yeah. Thanks. Uh, Annie DeFazio. Still live across the street? What do you care? And how many years you and Josephine been married? Plenty. Uh, I'm just curious, you know, if Annie's still there, you know, well, nothing wrong with being curious. Annie DeFazio and Anthony Chioda, Sacred Heart Sweethearts, King and Queen of the Prom. The two of you were so good looking, like you could have been models for the pictures you see in the frames they saw at CVS. Hey, <laughs> still good looking, ain't I? You're all right. Maybe a 7 out of 10 on a good hair day. Carla, you wound me. How's your brother? Which one? I got four. Screw you. You knew I meant Frankie. <laughs> what do you care? I mean, how many years you and Mick been... Uh... His name is Patrick and 18 years. You're just uh, curious, right? Right. He's fine. Annie D moved to Florida. Damn. Good for her. To Annie and Frankie. She holds up her can and then clicks it to Anthony's, and they have another nice moment of non-conversation. You're not going to believe this. What? Nothing. Never mind. Too weird. Oh, come on. Tell me. I love weird. You were in my dream last night. Seriously? And boom! Here you are sitting on my stoop. We ain't seen each other in months, maybe years. I know. Good. Was it a good dream? You don't think that's weird? Carla, I gotta tell you. Crap, I shouldn't have told you. No, it's good. It's great. Um, what were we doing? We, uh, we were going down the shore. Seriously? Tell, tell me more. It was night, and the sky was full of stars. He jumps up the stupid and becomes animated. It was summer, and the air was warm and clean smelling. Yeah, 
and we could see the lights of the casinos way before we got to the Atlantic City. Uh, uh, Bailey's, uh, Harrah's, uh, Resorts, uh, and Ripley's, believe it or not, right? Yeah. And the ocean was black and sparkling. We saw dolphins jumping. Yes. Then we finally stopped in Wildwood, right? Uh, 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 it went on the boardwalk. You almost got clipped by the damn tram. Oh, watch the tram car, please. <laughs> oh, oh you, you sniffed out the boardwalk fries like a bloodhound. It's a skill. And then for dessert, we got chocolate water ice from the angry kid at Rita's. <laughs> I got mango. That's right. And I made fun of you because everybody knows chocolate is... The, the only water, water ice worth eating. eating. <laughs> okay, this is unbelievable. Unfreaking believable Let me ask you, in the dream, or whatever it was, how did we get down to the shore? We flew. Like a plane? No. How? You tell me. Wings! Huge freaking feathery bird wings that we unfurled, you know? Yes, we must have had wingspans of 20 feet with some serious horsepower. I mean, bird power, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah! Antony sits back down. They both gaze front, not looking at each other. Both are stunned. Holy crap. Holy crap is right. Listen, I gotta, I gotta start dinner. Patrick comes home hungry. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I gotta get going anyway. Uh, see you later, Carla. Stops at the door and turns to face him. Yeah, I, uh, I hope so, Anthony. Yeah, me too. He smiles shyly, awkwardly, and exits. Yeah. So oh. pleasant. Thanks, oh. guys. Lisa. Thanks for reading. <laughs> oh. Sure. That was fun. I, yeah, I love the vibe of this so I, I mean, like, yeah, it's not. Thank you. Yeah, there's not, like, a clear, like, game you're following or anything. But I just, like, you've really built a world. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, you want to talk about the writing process? <laughs> Started with Antony. Just the name Antony. Um, I was in Philly long enough to hear a lot of Antonies. <laughs> and um, my, my son and his wife live in South Philly now, and they sit on the stoop. I lived in an area called East Falls and had a stoop. It was a row house, you know, mm -hmm. um, and people would just hang out on the stoop. And I had no plan and I started writing. I actually edited a lot. Um, my brothers have worked at shops all their lives. Um, they're very, very mechanical, good with their hands and stuff. And from time to time, they get laid off. And so we would have conversations like that, like, oh, you're getting unemployment? <laughs> um, you know, I know we laid off for a couple of weeks, not getting unemployment. So I got to a certain point and I was like, there's no game. I don't know where this is going. Um, and and that's when the dream came. And originally I had the wings start, like they started with the wings and then we went to all the things that they did together. And then I thought, no, if I just flip it and put the wings at the end, at least there's a, a bit of a rise, uh, mm -hmm. I thought. Yeah, there's a heightening you know, to it. A heightening, yeah. that's the word I'm looking for having the wings at the end. So that was, and then when I sent it to you, I said, I don't know if this is appropriate because it's 
not really. But these guys read it, so it was funny. <laughs> yeah, a comedic take on it from, from both readers, which I really like. Yeah, yeah, which I, I did really like. So thank you, actors. That was Thanks. fun. Uh, yeah, so I think, I mean, the first of all, I think you having them have that conversation about disability and unemployment off the top gives them both they're being vulnerable with each other really really quickly uh which creates this like connection which is so cool you know we just like gives you this thing where that you they can get away with so much with each other um so i like i like it the way it is i think you built like a really cool world and just like an interesting moment between two people um if you wanted to turn it into a sketch uh i think you could lean into the dream they swam and jello or whatever the all the crazy stuff they did together is and they both know Mm -hmm. about we could then see their individual partners that we see that they talk about sort of come and be jealous um because there's this funny thing there's you're talking about this interesting thing where like is it weird that we had a dream about each other on the you know is this is this weird uh is like Mm -hmm. a conversation you have in here, and I think that if you have someone just have the perspective that it is weird, you can find the comedy in that. Okay, and that that would be like Josephine or Patrick, their spouses. Yeah, and I think Patrick could just come in, in and be like, is- "On this day, you know, I'm hungry. I'm coming home. Uh, you know, like the day after you had this dream." Also, I think you could do a whole sketch on Patrick comes home hungry, uh, just like. <laughs> But yeah, that's my take. I think like, you know, if you just lean into the dream and then if you let these other people who might be affected by it come in and be like hurt by the fact that they had this incredible dream, I think there's comedy in that. But I do like it how it is. I think it's very cool that you built this moment between these people. Yeah, I want to see, I wanna see Patrick come in and say like, you'll dream about me that way. And it's like, well, <laughs> I can't control my dreams. And then he just gets madder and madder, you know. <laughs> And hungrier and hungrier. And hungrier and hungrier. Well, you know I'm hungry, and I'm only getting madder and hungrier and madder. (laughs) Lisa, this dialogue is just so natural, and they have, like, such an intimacy that you can tell they developed years ago. Uh, It's so, like, comforting to read in that way and listen to. Oh, thank you. Um, Thank you. And it's, like, it's, it's, it's a real scene, and it's a natural scene, and... Yeah, like, is it a sketch? I don't know, but it's like an incredible, like, piece of writing, no matter what it is. Like, oh, thank you. Might not even thank need you. a label, but like, I think your decision here is just like, do I continue writing this film that I've started writing, or <laughs> yeah, like do epic. I, or do I turn yeah. it into a sketch? You know, I, th- <laughs> it could maybe you could try both. I don't know, but I, I found myself just in love the whole time. So, good job. And I thought she did really well with writing the actual dialogue in a very Philly mannerisms, accents. I thought it was really well done. The, the thing that jumps out to me the most is the the dream. I really want to see them both in this dreamscape. And they're talking to each other. And they're flying. And they're dry. Uh, you know, it's night. And, you know, we see all those lights. And they're experiencing it together. Um, the part that I would like to see, like, amplified, so, you know, it starts off with them sort of, uh, inquiring about, you know, their high school crushes or whatever it was, you know, like people that they know from the neighborhood and, you know, they're both obviously very faithful to their spouses, but they've got this little curiosity thing. Um, so I'd love to see, like, in that dream, 
it get accentuated that there's like a little bit of something between them, but it stays innocent. It's like, you know, we're, we're on the Ferris wheel and we're holding hands, you know, and like, you know, so there's like this light romance thing, but it, neither one of them would really do anything, you know, and then, uh, then you come out of it and they they kind of slightly address that. Like Mm -hmm. instead of seeing the spouses, uh, they're like, but, but yeah, I, you know, I'd never leave Josephine. What was the name of the boat that we drove on the water, and then it's like the name of the high school crush or something. <laughs> the SS, the SS Stacy, or whatever the name was. I think it would have to be combined with Harrison's idea of the amplifying the dream too. Yes, like yes. at the same time. Yeah, so. and that would make the awkwardness when they're not in the dream that much more. Yeah, awkward. Yeah. Um, I was thinking too to heighten the awkwardness, um, and I don't know that this would be feasible, but I just pictured it as being really funny. Is that they say their awkward goodbye, then they both go home. One of them starts having a dream and the other one shows up and then they're like, oh my gosh, we're in a dream again together. But this time they're more conscious of it and they talk about it. And then that's where like they sit in the awkwardness of like, well, what should we do now? We're dreaming together. I don't know if that would make sense or work, but. And then, well, there's, it could be unspoken or spoken. Like if they start making out in the dream, are they really cheating on their spouses? They could just have that conversation. Half like it would still be a sin. (laughs) <laughs> any catholics that, here i don't know really doctrine <laughs> yeah actually yeah if you if you are impure in your thoughts eh, it's still you a sin still, <laughs> you're still committing a sin yeah they're tough those catholics that's how i was nothing raised. a few hail marys can't fix <laughs> right right oh yeah that's true that's true then they could meet in confession they could meet in church, you know? What are you doing here? What are you or, doing? What do you think I'm doing? I'm not thinking nothing. What are you thinking? <laughs> Feeling guilty within the dream and creating a dream church to go and <laughs> do the confessions. Yes. What if you made yourself look like my wife and I make myself look like your husband in the dream? <laughs> and we could and that, pretend that, that we're fooling each other. <laughs> You're Patrick, right? Wink, wink. Yeah, yeah I'm real hungry. Jerry, I do think there's a blackout sketch and someone waking up from a dream and just saying, eh, nothing a few Hail Marys can't mi- fix. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They get all sweaty and chill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick comes home hungry. And for our final sketch this evening, we have Piece of Shit (laughs) by Jerry Stevens. The actor will be played by... Tyler Chick. And the director will be played by... Harrison Merck. We are on the set of a war movie. One of the characters is giving a motivating speech to his soldiers. There's a storm inside all of us. It's been there all our lives. We all want it. It's in our blood. We cannot surrender. We will not surrender. Cut. The director takes off his headset and walks over to the actor. Hey, Gordon. Hey, Rick. Um, so your character. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a, he's a great guy, you know? Pause. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, um, he's not, he's not a piece of shit. They hold each other's gaze for a few seconds. You get it? Um, 
yeah, uh, okay, not, not a piece of shit, got it. Great. All right, let's try that again. The director pats him on his shoulder and walks back to his station. He puts his headset back on. Action. There's a storm inside all of us. It's been there all our lives. We all want Cut. it. The director takes his headset off again and takes a second before walking to the actor again. Gordon. Uh, this guy. Um, he's not... He's not a piece of shit. He's a good guy. Okay. It's just, I, I don't... Uh, 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 have you ever um, have you ever met a good guy before? <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, channel him. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, good talk. Uh, get from the top. Back to one. There's a storm inside all of us. It's been there all our lives. Uh, cut. He walks over to the actor again. Okay. Um, oh, you're not getting it. I don't... I'm sorry. I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. Um... I'm I'm telling you, uh, so this character is is not a piece of goddamn shit. Okay. Uh, he's um, he's a nice guy, uh, a great um, likable guy. The director smacks him on his ass and he walks back to his station. All right, uh, get it right this time. <laughs> Action. There's a storm inside all of us. It's been there Cut. all... Uh, not a piece of shit. Action. <laughs> There's a storm. Cut. And s- I barely got three words out. You're right. Um, yeah, it's, it's not working. Oh, I have an idea. Um, okay, let's change the dialogue a bit. Okay. Okay. Okay, fade out. And we fade back into the actor watching the film. There's a storm inside all of us. Well, not all of us. I don't have a storm inside me because I'm a piece of shit. I have been my whole life. But the rest of you, you are great men. And I'm not fit to lead you. You'll have to do this without me. I'm just a piece of shit and I'll only slow you down. Get him, boys. Looks down, disappointed in himself, gets shot and starts to die. Cut to actor watching the film. The director comes up behind him, shaking his head in disbelief. Phenomenal. Just phenomenal. I gotta hand it to you. Director rubs the actor's shoulders. Uh, Thank you. Director walking away. Nailed it. Uh, this has a special place in my heart, Jerry. Uh, yeah, there should be more sketches about directors who don't know how to talk to actors. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, you want to talk about the writing process of the game? Like the orgy sketch, um, this one was uh, written to be shot, and it never was. Um, and the... Um, I just... Basically, going into it, I just... 
I think I, I think I might have been driving and just laughing about the idea of a director who who gives the um, the same note over and over and expects different results out of the actor. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so like the only thing he's like. Let me explain this again. Let me let me try a little different. Not a piece of shit, you know, which is exactly what he just said so many other times, you know. Um, and uh, that was it. So then it just it was just basically like, all right, I'm just going to sit down and just kind of write back and forth. And it just kind of started. I didn't really have the dialogue in my head until I started writing it. I like. I barely got three words out. I was like waiting for the actor to be like, "You can't wait for me to finish my line <laughs> before you call cut." Uh, so that's like, I just like love that moment because like, what, what asshole would say cut in the middle of a line? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's when I was writing it. I wanted uh, it to a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted it to escalate to the point where like it was a long um, explanation from the director to the actor at first. And a fairly long one second, and then the explanation starts getting shorter and shorter until it's just action, cut, not a piece of shit, action. You know, just yeah. until it's just like he's just throwing. <laughs> I'd say <laughs> like even if you want to like take a few long ones, like I would love to see like a few more directing methods. Uh, like if it's like okay, uh, so remember you're coming from uh, getting this whole everybody up the hill. You just dragged an injured person up this hill. Uh, so are you a piece of shit? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, or even like, oh, let's, um, do you have a memory like in your own life of a, like a nice guy? <laughs> Name him. Remember that yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, like just you like, know, you know, doing acting exercises. I, I could hear the actor saying, well, do you want me to be more forceful? And like, he doesn't even get that out. Maybe when he, he just says not a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Or do you want me to do it slower? Or do you want me to, you know, he starts to ask for specifics and he cuts them off and just says, not a piece of shit. Yeah, I was I was wondering, I guess uh, for clarity, I was wondering if maybe it'd be worth writing in like how the actor does each take differently. Like mm-hmm. starts out really confident and then yeah. like he becomes more dejected or like, Maybe he's just like out there, like really trying stuff to because he has no idea how to take this note. Yes, um, yes. Like maybe he puts on like a Prince Charming type of voice or something because he has, just doesn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I was because I I mean the writing is like so incredibly funny and I just like as the first run through I was like I wonder if I should be differentiating these more or like trying to do the same thing over and over yeah trips keeps trying to be a gooder guy yeah a more good guy smiling more and clarity there yeah this everybody who's acted i'm sure has acted with a director who has been unclear so we can all relate to that mm-hmm. definitely and i know like some directors don't want to give too much information because they want you to find it organically um which he you know, but he's given him nothing, <laughs> which is beautiful, which is hysterical. I didn't know. I didn't know how to end this. I sat on the script for months. I passed it around to a couple people. They'd tell me their ideas, and whereas they were funny, I still wasn't a hundred percent sold, and I'm still not a hundred percent sold on how it ends. Like this was just the one that I was like, I guess I'm gonna have to decide on something just to to get it out the door. 
but there was um there was another uh ending where you find out at the end that um uh that the that the actor has been sleeping with the director's wife and so like that's kind of like you find out at the end like that's why he's just like not a piece of shit. You know what a not a piece of shit is like? It's, you know, can you try to channel that? And you realize just this director's harassing them. Uh, but then I was like, but then I was like, no, that takes the uh, original idea of I want this guy to just not know how to direct actors. I just want him to just give him the same note. So that's why I was resistant to that one. Um, I agree. I really I like the yeah. ending. Uh, I like. It. I think if you, I like have an idea for an ending, but it's like really tongue in cheek. Um, but if they were like, if the director was like, it's not working, uh, let's bring in the stand in or like second team or whatever. And it's like a literal piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> and they just roll and then he's like, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> a piece of shit with a little army helmet on. Or yeah. Just like on a stand. There was an, I forget, I just remember there was an alternate ending where when it finally He's like, you're right. We do need to change up how we're doing this. And when it cut to watching the movie, it was the director standing in the place of where the actor was, and the director was now giving the line in there. Mm-hmm. I like it being cut to the final film, and I think it could maybe almost be like a misdirect as if the actor is like, does the line as we know it, but he like kills it. It's like really intense. And what the director has done is it's like one of the next lines is like some of his fellow soldiers being like, that guy's a piece of shit. Like, I don't know, you just work it into the film in that way. Yeah. Oh, like, just to, like, oh, it's like a moment suggestion. If the director, when he goes back to Video Village, looks at a script supervisor and is just like, being a piece of shit, right? Like, and the script supervisor's just like, yeah, it's a piece of shit. Not a piece of shit. Got it. All right, that's all for us tonight. Thank you to all the writers, to the actors, and to the Jeff Powers for all that wonderful music. And thank you, most especially, to you, the listeners. If you've noticed that there's no companies trying to sell you shit in the last 45 minutes, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash sketchy sketchpod. And if you'd like to submit a comedy sketch, or if you have feedback on the sketches you heard in this episode, email sketchysketchpot at gmail.com. You can get your sketch or your feedback on the show. Also, keep in mind that these fine writers put their mental energy and love into these sketches, so please don't use their ideas. And if you like what you heard today, please tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter and Insta. Like us on Facebook. Give us five stars. Whisper about us with your crush. And until next week, bye! Bye. Bye. Waving. I'm waving to you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. We're waving. Can you hear Bye. My Listen. Whisper of a wave.